this is episode 18 of Not Another Teen Wolf podcast. It's our first of our series of bite sizes that we are doing to fill in for you since we've finished our complete season one and two recap uh, rewatches. And now we're going to be waiting until June for our season three to start. So in the next few weeks, we're going to be taking the time to kind of really go in depth with some of the aspects of Teen Wolf um, that we haven't yet covered or haven't had the time to cover completely in a recap. Uh, obviously, we've done Bite Size on the tie-in novel and the webisodes. We had our interview with Chantel. Today, we're going to be doing a full Bite Size about the original Teen Wolf movie from 1985, starring Michael J. Fox as Scott. Uh, so before we get started, as usual, you can always contact us on our Twitter, which is NATW Podcast, our email address, which is natwpodcast at gmail.com, or our Tumblr, which is notanotherteenwolfpodcast.tumblr.com. You can contact us at any time on any of those, and we really enjoy getting your messages to sort of talk about the show and, you know, talk about our podcast as well. So if you've seen... Teen Wolf movie, or if you get any ideas based on what we're saying today, yeah, feel free to hit us up and, and talk about the, the movie um, and how it compares to our lovely TV shows. So, I hadn't seen the movie originally before we started the podcast. I watched it especially to do this bite size. Karen had seen it before, but we've both seen it now. So, um, I guess to start off with, what do you like? Did you like the movie, Karen? I did. Um, it's definitely one of those 1980s sort of cheesy movies, but it was fun. It was funny. And I think, you know, it was just great to watch because we know the show so well. Mm. And um, I really like Michael J. Fox. I'm a huge fan of him. And so I really, yeah, I liked it. What did you think? Yeah, I did as well. I was actually, I put off watching it because I thought it was going to be, like, painful. I thought it, I... I thought it was going to... Because I've seen images of what, like, he looks like as the werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought it was going to be really hard to get through. That it was going to be really stilted and just very bad. And I guess I didn't really take into account that 80s teen movies are quite clever. Um, like, this, yeah, they're cheesy, but, like, the writing was often... It was sort of the genre where it was the time when sort of teen movies started to become really sassy and clever... And that definitely applies to this movie, um, even though the makeup and the premise is sort of terrible. It wasn't bad. It, I really liked it. I thought it was really funny, like, to the point where, yeah, I'd watch it again. I, I found the lines, a lot of the lines, really funny. A lot of a lot of the way they did humour was, like, funnier than I expected it to be as well, which, oh, one bit where he kind of, um, I can't remember why he's running off down the hallway. Oh, I'm just going to give you all a full disclosure right now, by the way. I had pages of notes on this. I watched the movie and I wrote down every single thing that I was interested in and every single thing that I liked or wanted to mention, all of the, like the humour, like, you know, I, I tend to store things outside of my head rather than inside of my head. It was all saved in a draft of my phone, which I was meant to add into the document or send to Karen and didn't get a chance to before I dropped my phone down a sewerage drain tonight. So I um, I'm not very happy with myself, and actually don't have enough, uh, don't have as much detail in my mind 
uh, as I would have liked to, but we'll see how it goes. So anyway, I can't quite remember what this was. What was I did have notes about it, but I can't can't remember why. But the bit in the movie where Scott goes off running down the hallway, he he's running to get somewhere, like he's late or he's been sent away, and he sort of is running really awkward, and then Lee and then runs. Someone's like, oh no, don't do that. It's just been mobbed, and he's kind of running and skidding over the the wet floor, the wet lino floor. And it has that aspect of, like, using humour, not cutting away from a funny scene, like, to the point where it's so long that it's awkward in a funny way, if you know what I mean. And it's done on purpose, and it's the kind of... It's cleverer humour than I thought it was going to have, definitely. So there's lots of lines as well. Lots of the writing was cleverer than I... Like, cleverer humour than I thought it was going to have. So I was pleasantly surprised. I was expecting it to be pretty cheesy. Uh, and... Obviously the concept was, but the writing was much better than I thought. It's always great when, you know, you're familiar with something new and then you go back to the source material and you don't absolutely despise it. Because I think that sort of makes you, it makes the experience, I guess, Mm. better when you can appreciate the new and the old together. And I'm sure there are a lot of people who knew the old movie, maybe gave the show a chance and didn't really like it. And I think that's too bad because I think Mm. both of them have you know, pros and cons. And I think that together they're just, it's just a really interesting thing to see them go from the concept of the movie and then take a little bit of that and go into the show, which is actually a really good segue into our next point, comparing, you know, the basic plot of the show to the movie, Mm. because they're quite different. I mean, the show is obviously about, you know, the same thing the movie is about, this kid, Scott. He turns into a werewolf, but the show is a lot more complex than the movie, which, you know, they've got a lot more to work with, so that makes Mm. sense. But the movie basically just has Scott turning into a werewolf, then, you know, his family and friends and the school find out and he kind of turns into this popular guy and he has to go through high school trying to, I guess he sort of tries to find himself and he realizes that he likes himself better as what he was instead of this crazy popular werewolf guy. Mm -hmm. And then you obviously all, you know, all the listeners know what the show's about. So it is pretty different. But what did you think about, the fact that they changed quite a bit. I wouldn't say they changed quite a bit. I'd say that they they took a few aspects from the movie and then built this whole other universe from that. Yeah, it's interesting to me um, that they did that. Like, I kind of... The plot of the movie is really interesting to me in the sense that I wonder how it would play out if they sort of... If, you know, the showrunners today addressed the plot of the movie with the like level of darkness and things that our show has because it it could actually be a really interesting concept of you know in the movie it's all very cheesy like everyone finds out he's a werewolf and it, it makes him like he's sort of this kind of super popular like kind of freak like you know thing like everyone like it makes it you know a big deal of it and he's like a sensation and you know it would be really interesting to me to see the pressures of someone like Scott or Derek in our show kind of dealing with like say everyone did find out about him and and that there wasn't a town-wide panic but I don't I don't think that it'd ever be like a celebration but maybe more like a if he'd have more like expectations or responsibilities on him like the more that people knew about him or something like that um right so that would be an interesting thing but I kind of looked at it and I'm like, it's really amazing that someone saw this original thing and was like, oh, I have an idea to make 
like to use this concept to make a new version of something and it reminds me a little bit um i'm not sure if um i'm gonna make a lame is crossover once again the musical of les miserables um was made when the writers the the writers who wrote the um the book for like not victor hugo the as in the novel but the people who wrote the book of the musical um, Alain Babel and Claude Michel Schoenberg, who are French, two French writers, they got the idea. I think one of them was watching Oliver, the the musical Oliver, on stage, and the character of the Artful Dodger kind of reminded him of like it gave him inspiration for how he envisioned Gavroche, the little boy in Les Mis, to to act. He kind of saw the Artful Dodger and he was like, oh. That reminds me of how Gavroche would be a god. You could really make that into a musical. Like, and then he built this whole idea for the musical, and now it's like the world's biggest musical and long running, most long running musical. And it's just really amazing to me that someone can see a text and find. Because you know, you are sim very similar to me in that you're very like thorough and and you sort of have to nitpick through everything. And it's actually quite constrictive that that mindset sometimes because we just see things as facts and how they have to be as opposed to being open to... I feel like that there are, you know, I see things very set in stone as to if it exists and I wouldn't necessarily have, like, creative ideas about something that already existed. If I'd have creative ideas, it would be sort of my own completely original creative ideas and I just find right. it really... I'd find it very difficult to separate those things, like to say oh, this is how much I'm using, but this is how much I'm not, because I'd want it to all be right and correct, and I'd, I'd feel like, you know, I was messing with something. So it's really interesting to me that someone could take a concept and be like, here is how I would do that concept when it wasn't their original idea, if you know what I mean, and still both make, like, something that was an homage and something that's completely original. Like, the, the melding of those ideas is something I literally don't know how people do. And um and I really enjoy it, obviously. Yeah, and I mean, we know that Jeff is a fan of the original movie. That's part of the reason why he wanted to do the show. Mm -hmm. And I think you're right in that it's got to be hard to take something that you obviously like quite a bit mm -hmm. and change so much of it and make it into your own thing mm -hmm. while still being loyal to the original. But, yeah, I would find that really difficult, too, because... You'd kind of want to stick to it as closely as possible, but let's face it, if they came out with a movie like this, same sort of plot and circumstances and everything, it would tank today. Like, this is very much an 80s movie, yeah. and I think, you know, it did well back then, but it just, you know, he had to change it if he wanted it to be a popular show. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, you know, you, you look at people who've done it, you know, J.J. Abrams with Star Trek, um... Team Starkid with a very Potter musical, like just the way of taking like an original text and twisting it in a way that stays really loyal to what the original ideas are. I just, yeah, it's just something that I have would not even know how to approach, and I just think it's really, really cleverly done. Honestly, I think it's it's really well done. So then, speaking of how the show and the movie compare, there are specifically three characters from the movie that sort of made it into the television show, and that's obviously you have Scott, and you also have Styles and Coach Finstock. Mm -hmm. So let's just kind of take each one really quick and and sort of compare and contrast them and 
and see how they've changed. First, you have Scott, who, um, you know, he has a, a different last name in the movie than he does in the TV show. He goes by Scotty Howard instead of Scott McCall. And he's he's quite different, I think, anyway, from the Scott in the TV show in that they both sort of want to be popular, but the Scott from the movie sort of takes that to the whole next level when he, you know, turns into a werewolf in front of everybody. And then he, he sort of lives in that persona for a little while. And I think it's interesting to see such a difference between the two characters. And yet they're still very similar and, and the whole plot line's still, you know, pretty similar as well. Yeah. I mean, I actually did find them like, again, I really wish I had my original notes, but uh, there were some, there were really some moments where just even the way that like he reacted to things or his face did things, and I'm like, that is Scott, like that is that is the same Scott, it really is. But then, as you've said, like when everyone discovers that he's a werewolf and and they kind of like it, you know, he, he does go to his head, like and he does feel a need to like be that. And obviously, we don't know how our Scott, our Scott, like how Scott McCall would react in that situation. So that's you know, something we we have no idea about. But I don't think he's as susceptible, and I don't think that he'd react like that if everyone did know. But obviously I don't think the people in Beacon Hills would react like that because, I mean, one thing that we have, the movie doesn't have, obviously, is any bloody murders. There's no death. There's no violence, really. Like, it's just, you're a hairy man. Like, that's kind of, you know, <laughs> like... You know, so we obviously don't have the higher stakes. Like, people make jokes about, like, oh, my God, Teen Wolf, it's, like, so silly that, like, the stakes are, like, whether he, you know, or not he can play in the lacrosse game by being a werewolf. But this movie's high stakes are literally, like, the basketball game. Like, it's not anything <laughs> more than that. So, you know, it's a bit difficult to compare, but there were definitely moments when I was, like, I can see that Posey has taken from this or that they've made aspects about his character similar it, some of just his facial expressions and reactions one thing i really lo- loved about scott scott howard in the movie is when he morphed into the werewolf on the basketball court and there was this really long silence about, and he kept, he just kept dribbling the ball and it was kind of like it was awesome in that he didn't react to it and he he forced the, he almost forced them to accept it if you know what I mean, yeah. it was, it was yep. this really awesome moment of like he kind of was just doing, it and he didn't say anything. He wasn't like, "Oh my god, I'm going to run away." He was just like, "And kind of thing." And it, and his silence and refusal to acknowledge that anything was weird forced everyone to accept it, and then they went beyond accepting it to being like, "Woo, this is awesome!" But I kind of loved that like silent like standoff. I thought that was really well done, and I felt like that's something that our Scott would potentially do, though he has been a bit more ashamed when the people he has known have discovered, like Alison and his mother have discovered that he was a werewolf. Um, But I feel like in the right circumstances, he might pull something like that, or like Isaac. Yeah, that's true. I like that scene a lot, too. I think that was really interesting. And you're right that he sort of just... He normalized it, and that kind of forced yeah. everybody else to normalize it. And, and I think that's an awesome attitude in general. Like, I think that's... Yeah. that's an, um, and I think that's something, obviously, the show the show has had that aspect. Um, like, with the queer representation, it, it just normalizes it. It doesn't comment on it. You know what I mean? Like, it's if you want to compare that to, to our show, the biggest comparison would be the way that they normalize um, queer people and just don't even, like, 
make it a thing. Obviously, this show had a, a slight. This is the eighties, so the they did not have that aspect in the film, and in no. fact, <laughs> kind of had the opposite of the you know standard casual homophobia. But it, that's unfortunate. But the eighties. Um, so I did really like that. Obviously, one of the big differences with Scott was that he was a in this film a born werewolf and not a you know a bitten werewolf. They, there was no nothing in the show about nothing in the movie about someone else turning into a werewolf by getting bitten. No violence whatsoever. There was just he was a born werewolf and his father hadn't told him about it because he hoped it was going to skip the generation. So, what do you think about that? Like about the dad not telling him? Like not, as opposed to. Obviously, the hereditary werewolves in our show uh, grow up knowing that their families are werewolves. I mean, as far as, like, the mythology and stuff goes, we didn't really get a lot of it in the movie. I quite like what the show has done in that, you know, they live in packs and they're very close-knit and they have this whole sort of dynamic between all of them when it is hereditary. In the movie, we don't really get any of that. You know, his father's a werewolf and he says, sometimes it skips generations and, you know, I wasn't going to tell you until I knew for sure and that sort of thing. And I think it would have been interesting to know a little bit more about that in the movie. But, you know, they handled it how they handled it and uh, it was still pretty funny when, you know, he's in the bathroom and he's completely freaking out. And then he's like, no, dad, you're not going to understand. And he <laughs> opens the door and his dad's just like, yeah, well, I think I do understand. He did have, um, I, I did. Yeah, it was quite funny. Um, they, the one thing I did notice about the mythology is though the movie didn't get into it very much. It is quite similar in that it is, it's not the whole it's the full moon and I'm forced beyond my control to wolf out and the rest of the time I'm normal. It's the same mythology in the movie and the show that they can turn and use the powers when they want to and then both the moon and heightened emotions means their powers are slightly out of control. Um, So they did use the same mythology to that extent as opposed to something like Buffy or um, Harry Potter where it's a normal person 29 days a month and the night of the full moon they morph into a werewolf and it's out of their control and they don't have their own mind or anything like that they're just a mindless animal so the different werewolf mythologies is something we're going to be talking about at a later point but i did notice that the movie and the tv show did use that similar concept of sort of the wolf man and the power being within the control and the personality not changing or anything like that Yeah, I didn't really pick up on that, actually, but now that you mention it, it's pretty obvious. So that's cool that they decided to sort of go down that same road. And while we're talking about, you know, the whole werewolf thing, um, let's just say something really quick about the makeup and everything, because (laughs) let's just say that the movie is pretty atrocious when it comes to, you know, all the hair and the makeup and all of that. It's pretty bad. And I mean... 80s movie like you can only have so much so that makes sense but I mean I'm glad that for the show they decided to make them a little bit sexier and less hairy and that sort of thing I think the tv show really benefits from not having them be so unrecognizable that you can't even tell it's the same actor you know I mean he doesn't look very handsome does he in that makeup no you know what it reminds me of because you know how Pam, I think her name was, she was going after him 
because, you know, all of a sudden she finds him super sexy. And it reminded me of Austin Powers. Like, how, you know, yeah, he's so, like, hairy and gross. And yet all the women are, like, all over him all the time. So, yeah, that was that was weird. Yeah, um, I found that all a bit odd that everyone, like, fancied him and stuff. But whatever. Like, it was a, a little bit strange. Um, yeah, but as I said, I definitely see, like, the parallels of, like... He's, like, he's a very good guy, and, like, he has a job. Like, there's a lot of aspects about him that are quite similar, you know, that he's sort of a stand-up guy. And then, yeah, I really don't think Scott McCall would react the same way if everyone found out about him. I mean, he might if everyone sort of supported him like they did in this, but I think that aspect was a bit um, bit different, like that our, our Scott McCall is a little bit of a different kind of person, but... I feel like the base model of, like, who he was compared to, say, someone like Jackson or someone like Styles was was going to be the same kind of guy. Like, I, I do think that there are some similarities there. Yeah, definitely. So then moving on to our next character, I'm really interested to know what you have to say about Styles because he... Maybe this is just me. Maybe it's because I, you know... I'm so used to the TV show, but I didn't see a whole lot of TV styles in movie styles, or or maybe the other way around, obviously, since the movie came first. But uh, what did you think about, you know, quite the drastic change in character between the two? Okay, my big thing about styles, the first thing that I noticed that was similar was the lack of self-preservation in a lot of different ways. That was the biggest thing to me, that, that both of the styles this is going to be difficult to say. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, whether it was, you know, to do with him, you know, surfing on the car roof or, like, holding up the store or, like, some of the stuff that he said that was, like, reactionary, even some of the stuff he said. Again, I had a lot of this written down, unfortunately, and I'll try and watch the movie again and, and you know, make some notes um, on Twitter or something. But there were a lot of things in a lot of ways that he said that just showed that he just had no self-preservation, no sort of no care, just didn't really think about taking risks and it was in a lot of different ways. It was, you know, and he didn't care about getting knocked back. He didn't care about... He kind of sassed people. He, you know, he sort of comes in and, you know, he call, he comes into the basketball game and, like, calls Scott Babe and there's, like, there's just a lot of different, like, ways that he just showed a complete, yeah, lack of, like, you know, survival instinct, not in, and that kind of reminded me of our styles in the way that he just pushes, like, without caring, if you know what I mean, without, without caring about self-preservation, and, and that was the big thing that I noticed as a similarity. This styles, even though he has to apparently get this keg to be allowed into the party, once he does get into the party, he's, like, pretty much the host, and it's, like, orchestrating all of this stuff. There's a lot of things about him that I'm, like, I think Dylan would really enjoy doing. If you know what I mean? Like, I think that having... And I'm wondering if, like, Styles in, like, season three, seeing as he's going to be apparently a bit more kind of popular and cute, if he is going to be more of, like, a social leader and what he would be like in that position. I feel like both Dylan and Posey are like, Jeff, Jeff, let us do the car surfing. Jeff, let us do the car surfing. <laughs> um, because I can yeah. see both of them <laughs> being, like, mental for that. But, yeah, there was a lot about the Styles that I thought, I can see Dylan doing this. Like, I can see how Styles would do this. But 
another big thing about Stars is he's in the film is he's he is sort of very like accepting of Scott, but he's not particularly supportive emotionally. And I almost feel like our styles is like a combination of the movie styles and then Buff, the girl, like the girlfriend, the friend who he ends up with. And I feel like, like that her support as like childhood friend and like meaningful person combined with the like kind of insane sort of boundary pushing styles. I almost feel like that those two characters were sort of combined to make styles in the show. But yeah, there was just, um, yeah, there was a few things that I, I did find were similar, but in general, you know, obviously our, um, our styles seems to have a bit more emotional integrity. Yeah, definitely. I think that's interesting that you're right, that the styles in the show is a little bit of a combination of styles from the movie and Boof, and I, and, and you know what? Never name your character Boof. Seriously. What is that? I mean, like, who, is that a thing? Like, is that a thing no. that happened in the 80s? I don't understand. I, I don't think so. I mean, I was born in 88, so I wouldn't really know, but no, it should never have been a thing, even if it was. But anyway, uh, yeah, one of the things I really liked and I think carried from the movie to the television show was the relationship that Scott and Styles have. Like you said, Styles in the movie isn't, you know, emotionally supportive, but mm. he finds out that his best friend's a werewolf and he's there for him. And that's yeah. exactly what happened in the television show. Yeah. And so I, I, I just, I really liked seeing that in the movie as well. I think it's a really good aspect that friends are there for each other mm. no matter what. Though obviously I don't think our styles would ever try and exploit uh, Scott and make t-shirts and stuff. Yeah. I love, yeah. can I just say one thing that I loved and I wish would carry across to the show is when he finds out within like two seconds he's being like, oh yeah, he's sort of, so what can a team wolf, and he starts calling him TW, and I was just like <laughs> dying, I was like, I was like, wow, you move fast, and I just loved that he was like, oh yeah, so TW, what are you going to do? And I'm like, please, please put this in the show, like, please. <laughs> cool i i love seeing you know the throwbacks and we'll get into that a little bit later on but i think it's really cool that they've paid homage to you know some of the aspects and i think the more subtle they are the better when you catch them yeah. so having him wear like one of those t-shirts that styles in the movie wore would be really cool mm. So then our last character that is in both versions of Teen Wolf is Coach Finstock. And I I think I was most happy about him <laughs> in the movie because they're very, very similar. They're both, you know, outrageous and ridiculous. And they they have sort of the same kind of humor. And I think that it's just... 
it was really great seeing the original coach. Yeah. It was really funny to me that they chose to carry this coach across and have him be insane as well. I love, I mean, I love coaching in the show, obviously. What really struck me about both of them is that Coach, in both the film and the TV show, this is going to sound really weird, but they're both really inherently, like, good people. Like, they both have, like, they're hilarious and extreme and say ridiculous things. That one bit where the coach in the movie is, like, telling that sob story about that person whose life is hard, and then he was like, Scott was like, what happened to him? And he was like, I don't know, like, he quit the team, I guess. He was the third stringer. I didn't need him. I can totally hear that in our Finstock, in, like, Orny Adams' voice. But regardless, it just seemed to me that they're both, like, really inherently, like, internally good people, like, and good to their students. Um, Just a few little things. Like, even in the first scene where they were, like, doing badly, um, even when they were doing badly... The coach, it it might just be because he didn't care, but he was just nice to them about it. He was like, you're doing fine. Like, it's it's fine. Like, he wasn't overly competitive, which probably isn't a good thing in a sports person, but I don't like competitiveness. So I liked that he wasn't like, you suck, you need to do better kind of thing. Like, I really liked that he was really nice to them about the fact that they sucked. So, I don't know, that was something I was really into. Um, And But they're both insane, obviously. They just say these things that are insane as well as, being kind of nice so I really loved that yeah it was cool that he didn't care if they lost almost because he was sort of just like oh well you know if you're not going to be a wolf then you know we're going to lose like whatever and I think as compared to so many people who would have pressured Scott and stuff having the coach just being like that is really great and I think that that was a marked difference I think between the two shows or between the movie and the show but I think it worked really well in the movie and I think coach from the show works really well in that sort of environment as well. Yeah, I really enjoy both of them and yeah, their similarities and their differences. I I really liked the coach in the, in this. I thought he was a good dude and yeah, I just he was insane though. So made it Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So then while we're on this subject of characters and that sort of thing, I just want to say that I really hope that they have, like, Chubbs in the show at some point, because I really liked him. Yeah, I did as well. Like, I thought he was cool, especially the bit... Can I just say, that bit at the party with all of that, like, that really extended scene of all those people doing those, like, dares at the party was, like, yeah, really, like, whoa, okay. Like, and obviously we've had some intense party scenes in our show as well, but um, not quite like that one. And, again, like, Styles sort of being the ringleader of that, I could totally see Dylan, like, pulling that off if he got drunk at some party at some point. Yeah, I liked, the, I liked Chubbs, and I liked that he was, like, in that scene as well with, when they were like, you have to eat this whole bowl of jello, and he's like, yeah, easy, kind of thing. It was just, he was funny. There were a few people that were really funny that I liked. The Mike and Pamela characters obviously weren't in the show, which is probably a good thing, because I'm not sure I liked either of them very much. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I guess the um, thing with Pamela sort of just stripping down and getting it on with Scott for no reason... Uh, was a bit comparable to sort of Lydia going after him on the um, in that one episode, but that was totally different reasons and totally different mindset. And uh, yeah, I d- didn't much like didn't much like her. So I thought it was 
interesting too that there weren't any hunters in the movie mm-hmm. and I guess I was kind of expecting it because I figured there was going to be a little bit more like an antagonist yeah instead of just like basically the basketball game and you know the guy who didn't like him and and Pam and that sort of thing but yeah I I like the show for the fact that the antagonists are there and they're a bit more interesting than oh are we gonna win this basketball game or not and yeah so yeah I mean the one thing I did sort of find interesting is like when Mike was like uh, oh, we know how to handle people like you, right? Like, you know, um, yeah. your mom, like, I, you know, stealing chickens from my backyard and I blew her head off with a shotgun. Was he, like, taunting Scott or was that meant to be, like, true? I don't know. I sort of wonder if it's true, but at the same time, like... Is being well just something people, like, know about in this world? It's like, oh, one, <laughs> one in every few hundred people is one and, like, oh, if there's one in your town, it's fine. And if there's... It's just something you didn't necessarily know about, like, till it happened, if you know what I mean. Like, oh, we didn't know Scott was a werewolf, but it was a thing that they knew existed in general. Or was he just being, like, taunting his, you know, taunting Scott about being a dog? Because we don't see Scott's mother at all, obviously, so... I guess it would sort of make sense if in this world people did know about werewolves because obviously they took the news <laughs> kind of well. I mean, they, you know, kind of all fell in love with him. And I think if they had no never... Like, what's a werewolf? How does this work? Even yeah, yeah. found out he was, like, very accepting and they don't really look like wolves and people straight away were like, oh, werewolf, werewolf, yeah, werewolf. So... What? I don't know. It's strange, to Mm. say the least. But then you'd say if they did know about it, like, that Scott would know, oh, this is what's happening to me, I must be a werewolf kind of thing. That's true, yeah. I'm not sure. Um, Maybe we're just supposed to suspend our disbelief. (laughs) Really? Really? No. Never. I wanted to know, too, what you thought about basketball being the main sport as compared to lacrosse. I think it sort of is two different... I think it kind of suits um, the two different Teen Wolves in sort of two different ways in that basketball suited the movie in that it was like the uniform kind of showed off the wolf costume. It was more... It's a a more common sport. It was definitely more popular at that time. Lacrosse is generally something played by like pretty upper-class schools, so I'm kind of surprised that it's like such a popular public school, you know sport in the teen wolf world basketball is a much more like standard public school school sport yeah as i said a bit more common the costume and the setting and everything that it made for kind of suited the idea of like him playing in that in that wolf costume and and it also made for some more sort of funny moments whereas lacrosse is actually more of a like generally like a violent sport like they have to wear helmets and they have to wear pads and it's quite difficult and violent and it kind of suits the darker tone of the show of Teen Wolf and and things like that like you know football wouldn't have necessarily worked but you know lacrosse because it's like a contact sport and everything like that I think it it suits like the violent nature of the tv show of Teen Wolf though obviously we're not going to have lacrosse in the third season but yeah I don't know I'm I'm sort of fine with the the changing of the sports um yeah, as I said, I think basketball has sort of a more of a comedic ele- element to it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> 
So that kind of brings us into the throwbacks that we've seen in the show because Peter's mentioned basketball and how that's a real sport. And, you know, we've gotten a couple other things like that. Um, The one that I really wanted to bring up was from Coach, and it was that cream cheese line that Mm -hmm. he says in the show, and that's actually from the movie. And I really want to read the quote because it's completely ridiculous and you can just – I mean, the coaches are practically the same person in both the movie and the show, and it works so well. But the quote from the movie goes, There are three rules that I live by. This is Coach Finstock talking. There are three rules that I live by. Never get less than 12 hours sleep. Never play cards with a guy who has the same first name as a city. And never get involved with a woman with a tattoo of a dagger on her body. Now you stick to that and everything else is cream cheese. And it's just so ridiculous, and yet it just works, you know? It just makes you fall in love with Coach. He's insane, just saying. In the best possible way, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) I I think our coach in the new show is a little angrier, obviously, but as you said, it suits, you know, suits that. With throwbacks, I found, as I said, what I found more interesting than the idea of carrying over the plot of the Teen Wolf movie was how many strange, small aspects that they played in. And I had a lot more of these than I currently have. Sorry I keep saying how much better this episode could have been or something, but I'm really upset (laughs) about my phone, so we're just going to deal with that. Um, But some of the ones that I managed to remember, because I didn't get a chance to re-watch the movie before we recorded tonight, I would have liked to do that, were, okay, things like, these might be coincidences but I don't think they are one I know one you mentioned is when we did that episode um recapping the episode where Stars and Scott went and got drunk in the wood in the way that Scott says give me the bottle to those guys like he wolfs out and says give me yeah in the way this movie he says give me the keg of beer I'm 100% sure that's on purpose um yeah the other thing that I noticed was there's a bit randomly where Scott and Stars are talking in the movie and Styles is sort of like he can't get his locker open or whatever and he's banging on it and it kind of then it comes out and everything kind of falls on it and he kind of flails and it all falls and it reminded me so much of the bit with Styles in the show and the vending machine in the hospital you know oh, that okay. do you know the bit I'm talking about yeah yeah where he sort of hits it and he's like and he hits it and it's just the way that it's done, like, it's, it's not the same item, obviously, but the way that it's done, I am so sure it's meant to be a takeoff of that scene. Like, I am I am now so sure. What about the scene with the chain, too, when it it comes out of the locker in the show? Yeah. That's just sort of similar, yeah. too, you know? He yeah. sort of flails around it. <laughs> and then there was also the bit where they're, um, where Styles is, he sort of tells Styles about being a wolf, and they're in the garage and he's looking for his weed and not that they smoke weed in the show though an episode about scott and stars in the show smoking weed uh, would be interesting um <laughs> to say the least but the way that he kind of sniffs at that out um reminded me again of scott sniffing out the cigarettes in the search for a cure thing right um, yeah but there were there were a lot of things like this that like it's less less plot but more scenes or particular ideas that they have taken and used in the show. You know, even the stuff about the hereditary werewolf thing is obviously they sort of split that aspect and 
Scott, our Scott in the show, the bitten werewolf, but the Hales are hereditary werewolves, and and some of the stuff that that happened there would be something that you know would be. It's almost like you get two ideas. You go, oh, this would be this would be the one way things go, and this would be the other way things go. And he didn't want um, his main character to be a her- hereditary werewolf. But the one thing that I was wondering about, like the parallels, um, if there are going to be parallels in the future, because there were a few. Oh, the, yeah, totally another bit. Yeah. There was a bit where um, Scott was uh, in class, like, and I, this is kind of a, this is kind of like a common technique, I guess. But a bit where like Scott was in class and kind of like hearing things about like or like seeing things on his, um, I think he was even like seeing things on the page or hallucinating what people were saying because he was focusing on being a werewolf. And, and the TV show has a very similar scene in which he's, you know, oh. He looks down at his test and it's like the words have changed and the the way they were doing the effects of like the sound and the sort of shaky cam, it's not the most uncommon trick in the world, but it was a very similar reaction to the exact same circumstance. So I'm sure that was also an homage, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. But it made me wonder about what other concepts in the film could be used in the future whether there are things you know that they still every so often that they go back and they look at the film and they're like or if jeff has a big file of you know oh things you know little aspects of the films i'd like to put into the the show one aspect that i thought would be interesting if they played in was the resentment of the vice principal uh thorn uh, towards Scott because he knew Scott's father was a werewolf and he liked Scott's mother. You, you know that whole plot line? Right, that yeah. That would be something that would be played in with Scott, but it made me wonder if it could be something that was played in with the Hales in some way, that someone oh. in their lives, you know, someone in Beacon Hills or something had some issue, that we're going to meet someone that had some vendetta because they knew, like, the past generation of Hales or something like that. And so that was one thing that I was like, oh, I wonder if they could make something out of that idea. That was something that really interested me. Or maybe that's why Harris hates Styles so much, because he loved Styles' mother. Oh, that would be good, yeah. Something like, oh, I, that's the thing. When I was thinking up this idea, I was thinking about Harris, and I'm like, how would this work with Harris? I don't know. Maybe he did know. Maybe he liked Laura. Like maybe he liked, yeah, maybe it's something like that. Like Harris was the person I was thinking of, but I couldn't think of how it was worked. We don't know what the hell's going on with Harris. Like he might yeah. be the world's biggest <laughs> compulsive liar at the moment. We don't know what he knows about supernatural stuff. He might know everything and he's covering it all up. But yeah, all of that. Um, I feel like that could be a plot line that would be interesting with the aspect of that, that character who, hated Scott's father because he liked Scott's mother and then found out Scott's father was a werewolf and never bothered him again or, but was, you know, secretly knew about it the whole time. So, uh, that was one thing I thought might work. Yeah, I think it would be really cool to see more throwbacks like that, especially now that, well, you're going to be watching live for the first time and and I'm going to be watching live with the knowledge of the movie Mm -hmm. now. And I think uh, as we go from episode to episode, it'll be really interesting to see if we pick up anything else. Yeah. As I've said, I think that there are a few things, like comedic things that could definitely still be put in. Like, um, as I said, the car surfing, I think would be 
Totally yeah. <laughs> amazing, except I think both our Scott and Styles are too cautious to try that now. Like, I feel like it's something that they might have done before they knew that they were risking their lives so often, if you know what I mean, that they're now not the kind of people that would take those risks. But um, I feel like it's something that they might have done before or something like that. So, I don't know. Yeah, and we're supposed to be getting back to the comedic roots in Season 3, so... Maybe they'll be throwing in more style stuff that maybe is a bit closer to the movie, like, you know, a party scene or something like that. Yeah. Obviously, the movie doesn't have a presence about, a presence that really represents Derek, um, because he is, um, except if you count Mike, who doesn't go to the school, but still hangs around and lurks angrily, so Derek, (laughs) Derek does that too. There were a few lines that Scott's father said, and again, I've tried to source this quote, but I don't have the exact wording because my phone's in a drain. But he just talked about being, um, you know, uh, talked to Scott about, uh, you know, you, the wealth is a part of you, but it's not all you are. And and there was another aspect about, like, you know, choosing who you want to be and humanity and blah, blah, blah. And I actually literally wrote... Things I would like to say to Derek. And I put these quotes underneath them. And it was just this idea of of this hereditary werewolf talking about not being just a werewolf. And not being outside of society. And not having it mean that you are some sort of pariah. And all of these kind of things. And basically saying you're a person. A werewolf is just a part of your DNA. And it's so the opposite of the way that Derek thinks, but it's so the way that he needs to think to be okay. And I was just like, if the movie recognises this, and this is the original concept of being a werewolf in a movie, in the movie, I hope this is, like, something that Derek can get to at some point, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that would be kind of nice. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I wish I could tell you the exact quote, and I will definitely find it when I rewatch the movie. But... That idea was something that I was really... They spoke about it several times, and that was clearly the idea that, you know, Scott was meant to take away, and um, it's something that Derek really needs, and it made me think of him. So my final question is, do you think fans of the show should give the movie a chance? Yes, I definitely do, because, as I said, I think there are a lot of little throwbacks in the show that you'll really appreciate in the movie, I think the humour is very good. Like, very, very good. A a lot better than I thought it would be. Like, the first moment it made me really laugh was when um, Scott and Buff were walking home together and Styles was driving in his, like, weird car and he kind of yells out something like, oh, you know, hey, Buff, how how the hell are you? And and Scott just sort of mutters to her, her, say no, and she just says no. And then Styles drives away and says, great talking to you. And it's just the, the, the dialogue was very funny. The writing was very funny. Like, all of the good aspects of, like, our TV show, like Teen Wolf, like, brilliant humour. Obviously, this is 80s, so it's slightly different, but it's very good quality humour. So, yes, I think it's it's not hard to get through. Like, I... Some 80s movies that are just really cheesy and you just really are like, oh, this is grown-worthy. This is so much better than I thought it would be. Like, it's... The concept is slightly ridiculous, but so is the concept of the show, so... It is just sort of a, a, a funnier, you know, funnier, lighter version. And 
it's definitely good to see where the ideas came from and as I said the throwaway things that they have managed to put into the show as well. Yeah, I agree cuz I think, you know, I would definitely recommend it to anybody who's really into the TV show because it'll sort sort of make you a more rounded fan and you'll be a lot more aware of like you said the source material, the throwbacks, and I think it's just really cool seeing how the concept has changed so much from the movie to the TV show and how they're both, you know, good stories and yes, a little ridiculous, but you know, Sometimes things just are like you can't get past yeah. that. But uh, I, I think it's really cool just seeing that transition from this 80s movie that is very light and very funny into this show that's, you know, borderline horror. And it's still really funny, but they're both great on their own. Yeah. I mean, what I feel like is that Jeff watched Teen Wolf and said, right, I love this. I've always loved this, but... What would realistically happen if this kid discovered he was a werewolf? If you know what I mean, what would mm-hmm. what would realistically happen? Because to me, Teen Wolf the TV show is basically the most realistic idea of what would legitimately happen if supernatural stuff was going on. It's you know, it's it's such a real way of how people would handle it, as opposed to this being not a real way of how people handle it would handle it, but. All of that being said, I think that this movie, I probably would have enjoyed this movie even if the TV show didn't exist, if you know what I mean. Like, I like some 80s teen movies like Breakfast Club and like Ferris Bueller and funny things like that, and I thought this was kind of going to be not as good as that, and I mean, those are real classics, and and, I mean, so is this in its own way, but I probably would have enjoyed this as an 80s teen movie even if the show didn't exist. So yeah, I think that you should... Or watch it if you haven't yet. I agree. Alright, so that's everything we've got for now on the Teen Wolf movie. I hope that you enjoyed this episode, uh, bite-sized, about uh, Teen Wolf 1985, starring Mr. Michael J. Fox. If you, you know, did enjoy it or if you've seen the movie, let us know what you think of the movie or of this episode. And in the, me- you know, in the meantime, we will be thinking up some new things bite-sized for the next few weeks. As I said, we're definitely going to be looking at uh, mythology and probably something about fandom and shipping within the show as well. So let us know um, what you're up for and what you're up to in regards to the the world of Teen Wolf in the next four weeks before the show starts again. But for now, I'll say bye from me. So bye-bye. Bye, guys. Bye, Karen. Bye, Natalie. (laughs) 